You're listening to That Damn Indian Show on Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, don't forget, if you've missed any of our past conversations, all you got to do is catch up with those wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yes, I have been a little slow getting things going, but uh, they are going now. And it's awesome and amazing. So thank you so much for your patience. One of the things that I find disturbing and alarming among many other things. This is from CNN. It's on our social media if you care to read it. Two more D.C. police officers who responded to the U.S. Capitol insurrection have died by suicide, authorities announced on Monday, bringing the total to four officers who have taken their own lives in the aftermath of the January 6th riot. And uh, they said Officer Gunter Hashida, assigned to the emergency response team within the Special Operations Division, was found deceased in his residence on Thursday, July 29th. Metropolitan Police Officer Kyle DeFreytag was found dead on July 10th, according to Public Information Officer Sean Hickman. Hashida had joined the Metropolitan Police Department in 2003, and DeFreytag had been with the department since November of 2016. The deaths marked four known suicides by officers who responded to the Capitol during the attack, three known suicides by a D.C. officer specifically. Metropolitan Police Officer Jeffrey Smith, a 12-year veteran of the force, and U.S. Capitol Officer Howard Libengood, a 16-year Capitol Police veteran, also responded to the insurrection and later died by suicide. A recent Senate report into the security failures on the day lists both Smith and Libengood among those who ultimately lost their lives following the attack. I'm going to come back to that. Another Capitol Police Officer, Brian Sicknick, suffered strokes and died of natural causes... Natural causes. One day after responding to the attack, no, he died because of the 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 injuries that were inflicted upon him. Those weren't natural causes. I mean, it's like, oh, he died of a heart attack after he was getting pummeled by thousands of insurrectionists. Okay, I digress. Back to the article. The Justice Department charged more than 550 people in connection with the insurrection, according to CNN's latest tally, and the attack is at the center of a high-profile House Select Committee investigation. During a hearing, the panel during a hearing before the panel last month, Capitol Officer Harry Dunn delivered an emotional plea to officers who defended the Capitol to seek out professional help if they need it. I want to take this moment and speak to my fellow officers about the emotions they are continuing to experience from the events of January 6th. There's absolutely nothing wrong with seeking professional counseling. What we all went through that day was traumatic. And if you are hurting, please take advantage of the counseling services that are available to us. So, it's interesting that... These, okay, so these guys, there's like three of them. Three, three of these, or, or it says four known suicides. And three by DC officers specifically. And so, th- there's there's just so much to, to unpack. And, and the Senate report that says that these, these officers that took their own lives... Um, they're classified as with the as with the casualties as 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 that they they classified these suicides with the casualties. I think that's fascinating, and I think I'm going to have to ask Dr. Garneau 
about that because yes that 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 was the cause but there there's just it's like I said there's just so much to unpack and I I just think I think and and not these officers specifically but I think at some level at some level I don't know if there were a few of these guys that were supporters of of the insurrection I don't I I just don't know. I don't know if these were people who just had so many mental health issues arise because of this because either they failed at their you know like failed at their job or they're getting ridiculed as I I just I really don't know. I, I and and it's 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 sad and it's alarming that that there have been so many so many people take their own lives surrounding just this incident. And it's police officers, right? I mean, how many of these insurrectionists have you heard taking their own life? I, I don't know that I've heard any. I've heard a bitch and complain about being in jail and all that. Cry around because they don't have their soy milk. But I I don't know that that I've 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 heard any stories publicized about the insurrectionists committing suicide. But and that brings that brings something again on a larger scale. I mean, this is just this is just one thing. This is just uh, it's a, and it's a major incident. I mean, it's a major event to some people, but it's just surrounded in one day. These officers had to go back out on duty. They had to continue, you know, continue going on and continue working their shifts. And so I'm sure that had to exacerbate these, these mental issues, right? I mean, do you, and, and, but we see it a lot. We see a lot of police officers taking their own lives. So many. I've personally, I've personally known five, four or five different officers who have, who have taken their own life. And the triggers are all different. But it's there. And I don't know, I mean, we talk about being able to take care of our public servants and this is where this is this is one of the places where I back the blue this is I mean yes they they choose a dangerous job but they should have those resources they do go out and do a dangerous job but they also there are also ways to to make the police part of the community rather than some separate uh small town militia or posse and and make the community safer for citizens and for law enforcement officers and and make sure that they that they do have the the resources that they need to continue to protect and serve if that's indeed what they are doing 
So it's it's just like I said, it's it's there's so much to unpack there. And that seems like an unusually high rate of of officers on an ERT. Of course, there's a bunch of officers there. But I, uh, I just think that's a I think that's a lot. And I wonder as we're as more of this is coming to light and as more more information is coming to light because of these hearings, you have to wonder if part of that if that plays a part in it. And the public understanding more um, about about mental health and mental health as it affects our public servants, mental health as it affects our our veterans and our our soldiers and our survivors, our assault survivors at home. Um, we really need to take that into account because it affects everyone, obviously. And, and, and on the larger issue, you know, that, that if, if they're having mental health issues and they have to take a leave of absence, like that, that is from their, you know, that takes from, from their livelihood, right? And probably creates some kind of stigma for them. And so it's just like I said, we, we, we definitely have a long way to go in understanding mental health. And, and who, who do these issues have to affect before people start taking them seriously? You know, we talked in our last segment about the Kaufman County Sheriff's deputy who, 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 was, who was just straddling that young girl. I mean... How does he sleep at night? There are a lot of law enforcement officers who deal with unspeakable horror and see it firsthand all the time. And I understand. I understand what that would do to a person. But on the other side of that, you know there's got to be some of these sociopaths who, when they beat up young girls, puff their chest out a little more and stand up just a little taller and feel like that they have done their job because they put a person of color back in their place. But when you talk about these other this other side of these mental health issues, it, it's... At what point does it become a human issue? At what point do we look at mental health as something that that can affect anybody? Because our minds are so fragile in those ways. I I, I don't know, but hopefully we can talk to somebody and find out. And if you are having, if you are having um, any kind of suicidal thoughts or any kind of ideation, talk to somebody. Please talk to somebody. Call a hotline. Um, talk it out, and and because there there are, there are resources out there, and so we just we encourage you to to take care of your mental health, and to to not be ashamed to take care of it, 
um, the way that you need to in the way that is best for you because you're the only one that decides that. And so we, we encourage you to take care of your mental health, whatever anybody else thinks about it. Um, do that for you and you'll feel better. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this is a production of the Institute for Native Arts and Media. We're indigenous, we're independent, we're nonprofit media. You're listening to That Damn Indian Show on Talk Jive Radio.